If you would, let's stand and, and go to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Now, if you know anything about your Bible and know anything about 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, uh, then you know that that has to deal with mission giving. And you know it has to deal with giving in itself. And uh, those at Macedonia, as Paul was using them as an example to the church at Corinth uh, in giving. And uh, there was a lot of things I thought about titling this message, and you'll see as we go on. Uh, I thought about titling it, Yet for Your Sakes. Uh, and I thought about uh, just titling it in giving. But this morning I want to preach on a thought uh, on the love of Christ as our example in giving. Look in 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 8. And the Apostle Paul said, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you today just asking for some help. Uh, Lord, I really believe this was the scripture to preach on this morning. We could not escape it as much as we tried. We couldn't get away from it. And so, Lord, I ask you now for the next little while that uh, you'd touch and want us afresh. We pray that if there's somebody here lost, Lord, dying and going to hell, that you'd save them. But what a wonderful day to get saved, not only because we're at Christmas time, but simply because it is the day that they're living and breathing and they can come and trust you. It's a good day. I ask that you'd help those that need help, those that need instruction from the word of God. I pray they'd find it today. We want to tell you again, we love you and thank you for Calvary. Lord, would you help us now? Guard our mind and our thoughts. Settle our mind and our thoughts and our heart today. Now, Lord, you'd help these dear people and help me that, Lord, as we leave out of here, that we'll not only leave different, but that we'll leave better than what we come in. And we'll tell you again, we love you. Save that sinner's news tale. Thank you for saving us for all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, in this passage, the Apostle Paul, he is uh, dealing with the church at Corinth uh, and that in giving, uh, basically in missions. Uh, he's talking about giving to those that uh, are in need. I think he's talking about uh, possibly the poor church uh, uh, in Jerusalem. And in chapter 2, uh, in chapter, or in, in verses 1 and 2, he uh, talks about those that are in Macedonia. In verse 2, he said, How that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. Uh, and he says right here, he says they, great, they gave uh, out of great trial, they gave in deep poverty, but yet they done it with joy. And when I read that scripture the other day, I was so reminded uh, of Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, when the Bible, you know, we preached out of that just recently, about of Hebrews 12, when it talks about the Lord Jesus in verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the fish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
And I thought about the church at Macedonia, how that even though they were in poverty and in affliction, they still gave out of joy. Uh, they gave out of joy, and he is using them uh, uh, as an example right here to the church at Corinth. He said they wanted to give, they were eager to give. How do you figure that? Because he talks about in verse 8 the forwardness of others. That word forward simply means cheerful and ready and eager and confident. He said they wanted to give. But then he made this statement and to prove the sincerity of your love. See, they had promised a year ago, the church at Corinth had, they had promised a year ago and that to give uh, to the mission field. And so Paul is sending folk around and they're fixing to collect. And he said, you're excited by the occasion of the forwardness of others. You know, when you see others give and when I see others give, uh, it kind of makes me want to give too. I'll just be honest with you. Uh, boy, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just honest. If there's a true need uh, and somebody else is given to the need, uh, I, I want to help too. But sometimes you need to be on the forefront uh, uh, whether somebody else gives or not, and you need to give. Amen. Say, preacher, you're, we're getting into Christmas time here and you're talking about giving. The Bible did say it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. When I learned that scripture right there, that helped me out a lot. Uh, because I'm going to be honest with you this morning, church, I, uh, because of all that I've received I, and the Lord has blessed me with, I, I just as soon as be on the giving side as on the receiving side. I'm just glad to have something to give this morning. Say, you want me to give all? I'm going to deal with that here in a minute. But I want you to look right here. He talks about the sincerity of your love. This will prove your sincerity of whether you love somebody or whether you love God or not. How do you figure? Little John put it like this in 1 John chapter 3. He said, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You can tell me that you love somebody. You can tell me that you love this lost and dying world and you want to see them saved. But if you never go out and pass out a tract, if you never go out and witness, if you never go out and try to live a Christian life before them, how do you expect to win them? How do you expect them to know that you love them as Christ loves them? Even though Paul was speaking of money in, in chapters 8 and 9, and he was, by the way, talking about money, there's a lot of things we can give. Not only our treasure, our, uh, our, our uh, money, but we can give of our time and of our talents. But then we find the greatest example in giving, and here's where I want to rest for a little while, is in verse 9, he said, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. So in thinking of the love of Christ, of our example in giving, number one, think about all that Christ gave us. And he done it for you. Because he said right here, yet for your sakes he became poor. 
Now when you think about everything that Jesus Christ uh, uh, had in glory before he come down here, uh, that's a hard thing for me to get hold of. Because we just really don't know a whole lot about what's in heaven. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. We, we don't understand uh, everything that's going on in heaven. I know in John chapter 17 when the Lord Jesus uh, and that prayed to God the Father, he said, And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Can you imagine the glory that was shared in heaven uh, uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ uh, when he was with the Father? Uh, I mean, we understand a little bit about what Isaiah saw uh, in chapter 6, him seraphims flying around. Uh, uh, you know, he had six wings. Uh, uh, with 20, he covered his face. With 20, he covered his feet. Uh, uh, with 20, he did fly, and they cried, Holy, holy, holy. Can you imagine a place like that all the time? Can you imagine a place that is perfect? Uh, can you imagine a place uh, uh, that he is worshipped uh, uh, 24 hours a day, uh, seven days a week, uh, and the sun never sets? Amen. Amen. Can you imagine uh, a place like that? Can you imagine that he spoke it uh, and it was so? Yes. That's hard to get a hold of this morning. But yet he was willing to leave that. I think the riches of heaven uh, and the riches of earth uh, are two different things. Because what we consider to be the most important thing down here, we're going to have streets of it uh, up there. That's hard to get a hold of. And the old joke was one time they let a fellow bring whatever he wanted into heaven. And so when he got to heaven, they opened up that paper poke and looked in there in that bag and he brought a bar of gold and and the Lord said, well, what did he bring asphalt for? Some of y'all catch that here in a little bit. Oh, that's what we're going to walk on when we get there. It's hard to imagine how that Jesus was willing to leave heaven. He was rich. He was rich. I mean, he had everything. I mean, even when we talk about things upon the earth, according to the book of Colossians, uh, he is the creator of all things. You know what the Lord said in Psalms 50? He said, for every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. Uh, I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. God said, not only is heaven mine, but the world's mine. Everything you've got down here is mine. He said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't even ask you about it. I'd just go get me a cow. I'd just get me something out of the field I, I, and I'd eat it. God said, they're mine this morning. And he said that he was rich. Let me put it to you like this. He owned it all. Amen. He owns it all today and he owned it all. In the book of Corinthians right here, I, I, he said that though... He was rich. You ever think about that? That he became poor so that me and you could be rich. Amen. He gave it all up. He gave it all up. He left heaven. Listen, just, just leaving heaven I, I in itself would have been good enough I, I, for him to come down here. But when he left heaven and come down here, notice how he was born. We've seen that story. Brother Bob read that to us. As he was born in that stable and laid in a manger over there because there was no room 
for them in the end. I remember years ago, I was sitting in our in Monica Kelly's tax professional's office, and and uh, she asked me a question. She said, uh, "Why was the Lord born in a manger, uh, born in a stable, and put in a manger?" And I had to think about that for just a second. And and this is what I said to her. I said, "There's no better place." than for a lamb to be born. And she looked up from that desk, Miss James did, and she looked at me, and she said, Preacher, she said, you're the only one that's got that question right. I said, well, where else do you want that lamb to be born at? You see, when he came, he knew uh, what he was coming for. He didn't come to be king. Uh, he come to be a lamb, you see. Yeah. That's what he come for. And he gave up everything. He wasn't born in no palace. He wasn't even born in a hospital. He wasn't born in no good room. But he was born in a stable and laid in a manger. Well, what a place for the Son of God and the Savior of the world to be born. Ain't that something this morning? Think about that. I, I mean, as he went on into his ministry, and we don't know a lot from, uh, from the time he was born till he was two, and uh, we know that they went down into Egypt to get away from Herod. Uh, Herod died, and they come back up and turned into Nazareth. Uh, uh, we find him at 12, and that dealing with the doctors there in the temple, but from 12 to 30, we just don't have a whole lot. We don't know a whole lot. But we do know that when he started his ministry, one of the things that he told one of those men that said, I'll follow you. He said, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. He said, I ain't got nothing. You know, all that Jesus carried with him and had with him uh, was the clothes that he had on him, and that was it. Boy, it's some kind of Savior, ain't it? Yeah, think about it for just a second. Think about that. The man that we worship uh, and that we praise today when he come down here, uh, he was poor. Didn't have nothing. And that's the man we worship. But the Bible tells us why he was poor. Yet for your sakes. Amen. <laughs> Yet for your sakes, for my sake. Boy, I'm telling you, it said that he done it for the joy that was set before him. You know, I thank the Lord. And it's hard, it's hard to grasp the, the whole thing about the Lord. And, and your preacher's not going to do a good job at this today. But I know Isaiah calls him a man of sorrow. I understand that in Isaiah 53. Uh, but, in, but, but in Hebrew said that he faced Calvary with joy. For us, Amen. knowing what, uh, knowing what, knowing that man could not keep the law. I, I mean, man couldn't keep the law. Me and my wife were reading uh, in in the uh, in the book when uh, Leviticus right now, yeah, Leviticus. And I'm just going to be honest with you. You get to reading in 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 the book of Numbers and Leviticus and Deuteronomy. And you see that Levitical law, that thing's hard to do. I mean, it's just hard to do. It's hard to keep up with. It's hard to accomplish. Because the book of James says, if we offend in one point, then we've offended in all. If you broke one, you just might as well break them all for him. And that's the way that God's seen it. They stoned a man. 
They stoned a man because he picked sticks up on the Sabbath. God told them to. Go back and read that. Tell me that the law uh, was not harsh. The Bible said in what the law could not do uh, uh, because it was weak in the flesh. Uh, that's why Christ Jesus came for us. Read the book of Romans. But he become poor so that me and you could become rich. And he done it for our sakes. Notice that he said right here that we become rich. You ever think about what we've got in Christ? You ever think about how rich we really are? I'm, now listen, I'm preaching to safe folk. If you ain't saved, you ain't got a clue what I'm talking about this morning. And I'm going to be straight with you, church. I'm not sure how much I understand about what I've got in Christ Jesus the Lord. I, I, I mean because I've got all heaven. You see, I, I've got all heaven. When he talks about in Ephesians chapter 3 uh, uh, and verse 20, when, when we see that over there, uh, when, when he talks about everything uh, uh, that he can do for us and through us and in us, uh, uh, he said this in Ephesians chapter 3 uh, uh, and verse 20. Uh, he said, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that what? That worketh in us. We talk about what he's able to do, uh, uh, that he's exceedingly abundantly able and above what we can ask or think. That he can do what you ask him. And he can even do uh, what you don't even think about. Amen. I mean, he's holding the world in its place. He said, well, that's nature. Not if God goes... <laughs> the breath of God can blow us right out of place. Right. And you know what we'll do? We'll go right out of place. But he said, by the power that worketh in us. But what he has given us is amazing today. It's amazing what we've got in him that I do. And you know, we want to focus a lot of times on our home in heaven. And I'm so thankful for that, that I've got a place in heaven because I'm saved. Amen. And Christ gave me that. Not because I was worth anything. But if you look at the very beginning of verse 9, he said, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He done it all because he wanted to. Amen. Do you realize he left heaven, gave up heaven, gave up his riches, gave up everything to come down here and be poor and to make me and you rich simply because he wanted to. Amen. And all we had to do was accept him. It's a cliche, but it's a true cliche. We got it all when we got Riches got all the peace, got all the joy, got all the happiness. We literally got it all when we got saved. So Christ proved the sincerity of his love to me and you. How? He gave all that he had. He gave all. Did he not? I mean, what was it he said in John 15? He said, greater love hath no man than this, than that a man would lay down his life for his sins. He not only gave up heaven, he not only gave up his riches in heaven, he not only gave up what he owned on the earth, uh, which was it all, uh, but then he came and he gave up his life. Gave up all. What more can you ask? I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm I remember as, as just a young preacher years ago, I, uh, teaching vacation Bible school. Probably didn't even have no business teaching vacation Bible school. Just be honest. Uh, 
I probably still needed to be taught. But I remember I had a young lady in the class. I, uh, she asked a question. She, she wanted to know why God, and I, I mean it's a good question, but if you understand the scripture, you'll understand the answer. She wanted to know why God wouldn't do more to convict people to get them saved. How much more do you want him to do? He done went to Calvary and died. He gave himself for sinners. How much more do you want him to do? You understand? I mean, I understand her question. I, I do, but here's the thing about mankind. Uh, he has the ability uh, to say no to God, and God will not force him to do right. Even though he gave up all and come down here, God will not make him get right. So he said right here, and to prove the sincerity of your love, Christ proved his love when he left heaven. Christ proved his love when he was born in that stable and laid in a manger. Christ proved his love to me and you uh, uh, when, when he had no place to lay his head. Christ proved his love uh, uh, to me and you when he gave himself at Calvary so that we could be saved. He gave, he gave, he gave. The old song that Brother Mace Jackson did not want sung when they took up the offering. <laughs> Jesus paid it all. Literally, he did. Amen. He paid it all. So if Christ Jesus proved the sincerity of his love, in verse 9, as Paul in verse 8 was talking about giving, he uses Christ Jesus as our example, I, I, that through his poverty, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Do you realize, think about this this morning, think about this, would you give up what you have to make somebody else rich? That's a hard question. I said, well, I do it for my children. That's good. That's good. Do it for your children. But you know, he done it for more. He done it for everybody. Amen. He done it for the whole world. He done it for you. So let me ask you this question. What kind of giving do we have? What kind of sincerity in our love do we have? If Christ was our example, as Paul talked to the church, at Corinth and says, I need you, want you to give, you promised to give, you said you'd give. Let's go over and look at verse chapter 9. He said, I want you to give. And then in verse 9 of chapter 8, he uses Christ as our example. Let me ask you, what do we do with what Christ have a whole lot. I, I want to deal with that. People say, well, I don't have a whole lot as far as monetarily is concerned. I can't do a whole lot. Let me ask you this question. Are you doing what you can? Because if you come down here and you look at the rest of these verses, that in verse 10, I'm going to come back and deal with some things. He said, in herein, I give my advice for this is expedient for you who have begun before. 
not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. You were excited a year ago. You were confident a year ago. You wanted to give a year ago. So guess what? I'm going to come around with the offering plate. <laughs> and I need to take up that offering that you said you'd give a year ago. Verse 11. Now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness for wind, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. He said, not only talk about what you're going to give, but perform that thing, do it. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. For I mean not that other men be eased and ye be burdened, but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be an equality. As it is written, he that had gathered much had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no lack. You know what he's talking about giving the missions here. Talking about almsgiving, giving the missions. He says, look, I understand you can't give it all. If you can give all, give it all. If you want to write a check, write a check. Empty your bank account. Help yourself. Now let me put a, let me say this. You better talk to the Lord before you do that. I think Paul's talking about inequality right here. He said when he's talking about that, he said you were excited to give, perform and do what you said, but give as you can. You know, some people can give more than others. Why is that? They got more to give. Don't that make sense? Ain't that deep? You know, some people got more money than you do. Amen. Amen. So, that a lot more people got money and I, that's fine. You know what I always said about tithing? You know, I always like the Bible, tithing 10%. We understand that even looking back with Abraham. Tenth is a tithe and tithe is a tenth. And we give that. And, and you know, 10% is still the same across the board no matter what. You make a lot, you tithe 10%. You make a little, you tithe 10%. And, I, and I'm honestly believing right here that he's teaching us and telling us right here that we get... Let me put it to you like this. Let me put it to you like this. Did you know out of all the missionaries in the world, we can't support every one of them and carry the load for them? Even all the missionaries hanging on that board back there, we cannot support every one of them and carry the whole load. Those other churches that support them, they give also. And it's done in equality. Some people are not going to give because it's theirs. I'll be honest with you. I think the church at Macedonia, I think they gave sacrificially. And, and when I study and talk about giving sacrificially, I'm not sure that I have ever in my life gave sacrificially. I'm not sure I have. I don't think that I have ever gave uh, uh, out of a great trial of affliction and in deep poverty. I don't think I've ever done that. The Lord has blessed me so much, I, uh, that friend, that, that he's took care of me. Amen. And I still believe what Brother Ralph told us in Mission Conference a few years back, that he'll give more through you than to you if you're willing to give it away. And I have learned that principle very well. And you can ask my wife. When we determine to give to missions, he's allowed us to give more through us than to us. He 
You say, well, preacher, you're talking about money. I am talking about money. You go over to chapter 9 and you, found that, uh, you find that he's talking about coming beforehand and making up the bounty in verse 5. Uh, he said that whereof uh, you had noticed before that the same might be ready as a manner of bounty and, and not of covetousness. He said we're not coming to get it because oh, we just want it uh, and we're going to waste it but we're going to come and get it so that it might be used. Verse 6, but this I say he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposes in his heart so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity for God loves the cheerful giving. Let me park right here and say something about Christ Jesus. Do you realize when he came, he didn't come grudgingly? Think about that. God didn't twist his arm to make him leave heaven. I know the doctrinal statement when they sing that song, you know, how that they looked all over heaven and couldn't find one willing to be and all that. I'm not sure they looked over heaven to find one because I'm going to be honest with you, but according to the book of 1 Peter, before the foundation of the world, Christ Jesus was already slated to be the lamb, to be slain. I like that old song. Don't, don't misunderstand me. Doctrine's off a little bit, but I still like it. But what, what are we doing? What are we giving? And here's the thing. I thought about this sitting in my study early this morning. I, I thought about, you, you know, there's things that, that you all do that I have no clue. You give, and you give of your money, and you give of your time, and you give of your talent, and sometimes the preacher don't even know it. Can I tell you this? I don't have to know it. And what, what I want you to understand is, is if, if you're given, then keep on giving. Amen. Give what you can. I really believe that's what he's saying uh, uh, through verses 10 and 15. See, Christ gave it all to win all. Uh, uh, for our sake, if you want to give it all, you give all. But let, let me ask you something. If, if we say that we love missions, and we want to see folks saved, what are we doing with that? If you say you love your neighbor and you see him or her need help, what are you doing about that? Amen. So preacher, I ain't got a lot to give. Yeah, but can you go help them? I told you a long time ago, if your neighbor is in a bind and, and, and they need some help and you can't handle it, you come and find me and this church will handle it. We'll get it took care of. I really want to prove my love to him and give him my life and give him what I've got and let him use it. Because I'm telling you, he'll know a whole lot better how to use what I've got than I'll know this morning. Let's bow our heads this morning.